Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio episode 46. Now I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. But the SmackDown review is episode 45, and I'm pretty sure I clicked on the NXT review. Why is that one coming after SmackDown? Because NXT is two days before SmackDown. All right, all right, listen. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. My internet's been down for a couple days. I switched from one company to another, and Chris is on vacation. So I told him, I'll take care of it for you, buddy. No problem. And then, of course, everything gets messed up. So I apologize. It's all my fault. That's also why the SmackDown show came a couple days late, because Kyle recorded it right after the show was over, and I couldn't edit it. So I apologize. Please forgive me. Today is October 21st, 2019, and before we get into the NXT review, we're going to do the Stan Wrestling History. All right, here goes. Okay, Mm, gotta get ready. Gotta ready. I'm gonna do it real good, real big this time. Real big, real big. The Stay in Wrestling History! My good buddy Chris Cumby, since this is the NXT show, I really had to show off for you. So I hope that I at least got 50% as good as you. All right. So, 47 years ago today, All Japan Pro Wrestling held its first ever show. And it was in Tokyo, main evented with a tag team match. Bruno Sammartino and Terry Funk defeated Giant Baba and Thunder Sugiyama in a two out of three falls match that I'm sure wasn't made just so they could do a quick fall to go to commercial. (laughs) I'm still not over that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. We're going to jump right into NXT, and I want to kind of do this show very quickly because the show happened five days ago, and again, I am very sorry. But yeah, we're going to jump right in. I'm going to give you guys just a quick rundown of what happened. And we're going to prepare for uh, another another review from Chris in just a couple days. The show opened up with Tommaso Ciampa, and he wrestled Angel Garza. And I know the the talk of the town has been what Ciampa did with Garza's pants. So let me go over it real quick. So basically what happened is, if you guys know Angel Garza, who is the nephew of Hector Garza uh, of WCW fame, and he wrestled in some other companies. I know him from WCW. He wears pants with the Mexican flag in their tearaway. Well, he tore them away and he threw them at Tommaso Ciampa. So Ciampa caught him and they're wrestling a little bit. And Ciampa chunks Garza out of the ring. Well, Ciampa takes the pants and stomps on them. And everyone's freaking out like he's doing something, you know, irreverent to the Mexican flag. And I do want to say that I know a whole lot of people would be upset if that was a United States flag. So I get it, okay? But Angel Garza was the one that originally threw the pants at Tommaso Ciampa. If anything, isn't that also disrespectful? So I don't want to get talk on it too much, uh, but I just, it's pants, guys. It's not an actual flag. And also, it's a wrestling show, all right? Tommaso Ciampa is probably a really nice guy who's not racist. And even if this was a racist angle, it's not. It's a wrestling show and they're playing characters. So if you would accept something on Breaking Bad or another television show, you got to accept it in wrestling too because it's just characters. That's not who they really are. So Tommaso Ciampa, the man, 
Probably not a racist. Tommaso Ciampa, the character, also not a racist. Anyway, Ciampa won. He beat Angel Garza. Uh, and then Undisputed Era comes out. Because this is what NXT does. And I've been watching NXT, you know, pretty religiously for the last month or two. Um, and one of the things that really bothers me, and I'm going to touch on it a little more. And I know Chris loves NXT. And I have also very much been enjoying watching NXT. But one of the things that really bothers me is they really seem to do a lot of immediately after the match stuff. Like, okay, the face wins the match, and then the heel has to come out and do something. So uh, Champa wins the match, and before he can get out of the ring, Undisputed Era's music hits. All four of them come out. He sits down in a steel chair in the middle of the ring. He's also got a crutch with him, and someone says it's his trademark crutch. I don't know about that, but... Um, but instead of attacking him, Roderick Strong gives Mara Ranallo a USB drive and says, hey, watch this. Yeah, I'll leave. And later in the show, we see that it's just footage of the four of them beating up Velveteen Dream. And Roddy's like, you can't embarrass me. And yeah, the stuff from last week with the, the genitalia jokes, weird. I didn't like it. But whatever. Uh, I understand why Roddy would want to beat up someone for that accusation. So we move forward. We go. Like, this has nothing to do with Tommaso Ciampa. Like it's just really weird. We move forward, and then Imperium wrestles only Lorcan and Danny Birch. It's Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, uh, who were awesome, by the way. This whole match was incredible. Uh, there was one part part where Bartel does like this double springboard off the top corner into a moonsault. It's just really good. If you guys have ever seen these four guys wrestle, you know how good it's going to be, and you know how the match is going to turn out. You know Lorcan and Birch are going to lose, but it, which is exactly what happened. But the, the, the whole match was fun. Lorcan and Birch didn't look dumb in the loss. It was very well put together. Uh, I, I liked it. I just thought it was good. Uh, we get a video package that with Johnny Gargano talking about his history in NXT and how he's NXT for life. Uh, there was an interview where uh, one of the girls backstage says, you know, with your history with Tommaso Ciampa, tell me how you feel about his return. And Johnny says, well, to be honest with you, until I see him face-to-face, I won't really know because we do have a history and it's well-documented. Johnny's great. Looking forward to seeing him wrestle again. Io Shirai wrestles Caden Carter. Caden uh, Carter's been one of those who have been has been losing a lot lately, but still looking strong in those losses. Uh, Io Shirai is my favorite women's wrestler in NXT, arguably in the WWE. She's awesome, but she also has great character work. I absolutely love her intro, the music, the, the light showing the, 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 the paint that's on her eyes looks like tears. It's just so, so cool. Uh, yeah, she finished it off with a moonsault and it was one of those moonsaults where if anyone else did it, it would look sloppy. It wasn't like a really a high arching moonsault. It was really low to the ground, but she landed it. It was so quick, and she landed it absolutely perfectly. Caden Carter did get some offense in this match, and it was it was really solid. Yoshirai y- always brings the goods. After the match, she cut a promo about he, she should be the one who would be wrestling Shanna Baszler, uh, not Ripley or Belair. And then Ripley comes out, interrupts her, and says, "You know what?" Next week, I'm going to put Bianca Belair in her place because the two of them are wrestling next week. But if you say my name again, I'll shut you up. And then Io Shirai left the ring. She was yelling at, Rip, at Ripley in, I believe, in Japanese, if I, if I recall correctly. 
uh, again, it's just something that as soon as the match is over, someone comes out and that's kind of what they're doing to, to, to move it forward. I, it, again, it's fine. It's just they do it too much, and they're going to do it again later in the show, and I'll tell you. Um, Boa's warming up backstage. He cuts a promo in Chinese. It's fine. William Regal says the Velveteen Dream won't be cleared in time for his championship match next week with Roderick Strong. So Roddy has shot himself in the foot, the poor guy, because he will be wrestling the winner of tonight's rubber match, and that's Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, and that match is happening right now. Okay, so if you've seen any of the matches with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, they've got a storied history, not just in NXT and other companies. I'll tell you, they've all been very good. All the matches are very solid. This match was no different. There were some really cool spots. Um, there were there was one spot that, again, in the world of kayfabe was kind of weird, where like Dominic Dijakovic like climbed up onto Keith Lee's shoulders while Keith Lee's up on the top turnbuckle. And like he rolls backwards like he's trying to do a Hurricane Rana or a Frankensteiner. But he gets caught by Keith Lee and it eventually gets turned into a powerbomb. But it was just so obvious. Like anyone that's ever done a Frankensteiner off the top, no one ever starts like that unless you're super, super, super small and never, it never works. So it bugged me a little bit because I knew it was coming. But at the same time, literally everything they did in this ring was absolutely perfect. Um, they both sold really well. The match was just so good. But there was a spot where both of them were up top. Roddy comes out, hits him with a title, and they're both down. And then William Regal comes out of nowhere, and he's like, you think you're so smart? Well, let me tell you what's going to happen now. You're going to defend your title against both of them next week in a triple threat match. That match is going to be... So good, so so good. I hope it turns into a "How far can we throw Roddy?" type conversation type situation. It's it's gonna be good. I love Roderick Strong and I love Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. I am very excited to see this match. The only thing that really bothered me is Undisputed Era is supposed to be really smart. And like, what did he think was gonna happen? Did he think William Riga was gonna be like, "Oh, I guess we won't have to defend against either one of them"? It just, I don't know. It just made Roddy look a little dumb. But at the same time, Roddy's great. I'm willing to let that pass a little bit. So they cut to a back after the commercial. They cut backstage, and all of Undisputed Era is like in William Regal's face, who was towering above them. By the way, I remember William Regal was a very accomplished rest- wrestler in his time, and they're yelling at him like, "What are you doing?" And as he's walking to the door and leaving, they're all like, "Where is he going?" And it was it was really funny. It was a good little segment. They were yelling at him. This was unfair, but he just absolutely ignored them. Because he could probably still take them. Not really, but uh, it was it was just such a cool little segment. I'm a William Regal mark, I'll admit, though. There's a video package that showed... Um, actually, no, not yet. Sorry. Matt Riddle's wrestling now. Uh, my wife's favorite wrestler. Just kidding. My wife's least favorite wrestler. And he's wrestling Bronson Reed. Uh, the match was five minutes long. Bronson did get a little bit of, a, of offense in. Uh, Matt Riddle won easily, though. And then after the match, he gave Bronson Reed, Matt Riddle gave Bronson Reed a fist bump. And it was solid. It's good. Matt Riddle's good. Bronson Reed could be the future. We'll see. He's got a ways to go. Matt Riddle is the here and now, though. He's absolutely talented. And there are certain things I don't like about him, but the reality is when he steps in the ring, I'm just a big fan. 
They play a video package hyping Bianca Belair. They show her cutting a promo on Ripley about their upcoming match. They go. Tegan Knox is wrestling Tanara, who again is another one of those wrestlers where um, you are going to look decent in your loss. She's not an actual jobber, but she never really wins. Uh, of course, Tegan Knox won with the shiniest wizard. Now, I want to go ahead and say I've never seen Tegan Knox wrestle. Okay. So this was new for me. And I really talented. Some of her stuff was so cool. The the flip into the corner where Tainara was, you know, sitting in the corner and she did like this forward roll flip, but she didn't get all the way around and it just looked like it murdered Tainara. It was just so cool looking. But her finisher is a shining wizard. And if she's really supposed to be something special, the shiniest wizard, it, it's not, it's just not, no, get something else. When you have Kenny Omega kneeing someone in the head 17 times and them not going down, it's just not good enough of a finisher for me. So if she really wants to be taken seriously as the next superstar, and she could, she's got a great look. She's a, She was very talented in the ring with this short match. Uh, she, she needs a better finisher. That's just me. And then again, as soon as it's over, Dakota Kai comes out. She's hugging Tegan Knox, And then before they start an interview, Shayna Baszler comes out. And she's with Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. I hope I'm saying their names right. And they're basically like, what? Shayna says, why are you, why are you here? What do you, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Do you think you deserve a title shot? And of course, Tegan Knox says, of course I do. And then Shayna says, hey, you don't deserve one. And just leaves. And it's just so dumb. And I have to be fair. If this happened on WWE Raw and a heel Bailey came out to a returning, I don't know, Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan wins her first match, and Bailey comes out and goes, ah, who do you think you are? You've been gone for so long. You know, do you actually think you deserve a shot at my title? And Liv Morgan might be like, yeah, of course. And then Bailey goes, ah, oh, well, no, you don't. And then turns around and leaves. I would bury it. So I have to be fair here and say, this was dumb. This was absolutely stupid. It was the worst part of a really solid show. I hated this. It made Shanna Baszler look stupid because there was no reason for her to be out there. It made Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai look weak. This, this segment should not have happened. And NXT doesn't have a lot of those, you know? They have a lot of you know, iffy segments like the like the Undisputed Era and Tommaso Ciampa segment earlier, but they weren't bad. It just wasn't great. This was a bad segment, and the show would have been better if it wasn't on the show. You get a Finn, you get Finn Balor, and he's cutting a promo, and it's, it's a it's a pre-tape promo about how he found his heart, and he says, "Next week, my future will be my past." And I do want to note that at the end, you heard the heartbeat like Demon Finn Balor. And I, I'm not convinced that he's going to be turning back to the demon persona. But at the same time, it wouldn't really surprise me. So we'll see. Boa wrestles Killian Dane, and this is a follow-up of Killian Dane attacking Boa last week, which, you know, didn't really make any sense. But whatever, Killian Dane is someone that likes to hurt people, I guess. Uh, he beat Boa in five or six minutes. It was good. The next match is starting with Pete Dunne and Damian Priest. And Killian Dane is walking down the ramp as Pete Dunne's making his entrance. He points to Pete Dunne, who snaps his fingers. And the refs are, like, pulling Killian Dane back. Pete Dunne stares at him and makes his way to the ring. Damian Priest follows up. And this match 
was, let's see, just looking back at the history here, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic is really the only other match that lasted a long time. This match lasted a while. It was probably, mm, if you don't include the commercial break, 10 or 11 minutes, so the live crowd got even a longer match. Um, there was a lot of segments here where uh, Pete Dunne was breaking Damian Priest's fingers. Damian Priest didn't really sell it all that well, but that's fine. It's fine. I, I, Pete Dunne's going to have to stop, or people are going to have to learn to sell for him, one or the other. Um, basically, they were, at the very end of the match, they were doing their finishers to each other back and forth, but they were constantly reversing them, so they couldn't actually get their finisher off. They get stuck in the corner, and the referee is like, uh, they're basically on top of the referee who goes under their lockup. And as that happens, Damian Priest kicks Pete Dunne in the groin. He hits his finisher and gets the one, two, three. And this match was really, really good. And I'm really high on Pete Dunne. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Damian Priest. Really high on Pete Dunne. And it, it bothers me sometimes when someone has such a long title reign and then they, they, you know, have a bunch of losses like they've been having, like, Pete Dunne has been having recently. But this was one of those where he looked strong even in his loss because it took a low blow to actually beat him. And it was, the match was, was good. The match was good. And if I were to rate this show, I would rate it. Some of the matches, all the matches were pretty good. It's just a lot of them didn't matter. And you don't get that on AEW, which is happening at the same time. Either way, this match was a B minus, or this show was a B minus. Some matches just didn't matter. You knew what was going to happen. I'm okay with squash matches. You had two return, two people returning tonight with Tegan Knox and Tommaso Ciampa, who, you know, it's not an absolute squash match, but it was one of those where, you know, they absolutely, you absolutely knew who was going to win. But that's fine. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it can be executed well. And uh, yeah, I thought it was, was, they were executed just fine. The main event was absolutely incredible. Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic was very good. Unfortunately, they've been pushing it as a rubber match and pushing it and pushing it, and then there wasn't an actual winner. So that was a little frustrating. Uh, and then the tag team match was great. So yeah, it, they were. there wasn't a bad match on the card. It's just a lot of them didn't really matter. But yeah, I think the show was a B- minus for me. I think NXT can do a lot better. I think they have done a lot better. Uh, their first full two hours on USA was absolutely incredible. It's basically a mini takeover. But yeah, they've done a lot of really good stuff, and I'm going to give it a B minus. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for being so patient with us. I know this show was really, really short. Uh, Chris will be back uh, next week with more in depth NXT analysis, but I'm purposely keeping this short because the show is now five days old. So I just wanted to give you guys a really quick rundown. You can find us on WrestleLife Pod at Twitter and WrestleLife Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Find my good friend Chris Cumby at WrestleLife Heel on Twitter. You can find Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Pauly, and you can find me on both at WrestleLife Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very short show. It is episode 45 NXT. Like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. We will be back later this week with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. And one last time, thanks for being so awesome and being patient with us.